Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guest and I hope to provide insight and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the Hilariously Unemployed podcast and those who are impacted by unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review, sharing it with someone who's hiring, or someone who's hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter throughout. This episode of the Hilariously Unemployed podcast is sponsored by French's Leadership Solutions. Chief Facilitator Marcy French creates brave spaces for conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you're looking to level up your leadership game, Marcy has you covered. From facilitating certifications, including CAM and CAPS, this organization offers top-notch leadership coaching that can equip you with the skills and knowledge you need to excel in your career. And some exciting news for 2024, French's Leadership Solutions will offer one-on-one coaching services. So whether it's life or leadership coaching, you'll have a dedicated guide to help you navigate your personal and professional journey. And did I forget to mention relationship coaching? Now y'all know I'm also hilariously single, but that's for another podcast. Perhaps Marcy can prepare my next group of boyfriends to thrive in a relationship with me. (laughs) But in all seriousness, if you're ready to take your leadership skills to the next level, enhance your organization's DEI efforts, or simply get the personalized coaching you deserve, French's Leadership Solutions is the partner you need. Connect with Marcy now at French at MarcyFrench.com. Hey, hello, and welcome back to, to the Hilariously Unemployed podcast. This is episode 13. I am your host and favorite opportunity speak, seeker, Dana Duckworth, aka Speak Up Dana, also known as The Big Speaker. And I am happy to be back here with you all again to talk to another amazing guest. You know how this goes. At the top of the show, I always got to give you all a little piece of my mind. So I want to start with telling you all that this has been a week. The big speaker has been big speaking every single day this week. I have either facilitated or spoken or trained every single day. Um, I had the pleasure of going to a local high school on Tuesday, uh, no, on Wednesday and facilitating a session for high school students about breaking generational curses. It was the most eye-opening experience and something that truly filled my heart. I've done DEI webinars this week. It's uh, DEI week. I did a keynote, a 20-minute keynote. We're calling me the 20-minute keynote killer now because they booked me for another one. That's how effective it was. (laughs) Uh, I did webinars on employee resource groups. Also, I became a certified expert ERG leadership trainer. So if you have employee resource groups or know somebody that does and they need a little training or a little love, big speaker style, let your girl know. You know, I'm your favorite opportunity seeker. I'm always looking for a bag. (laughs) All right. Some other things that are going on in my life. Like I said, it was a week. The week was weakened, y'all. I spilled an entire bottle of water on my laptop keyboard. I don't know how I managed to do that. I was moving at a rapid pace. And when I tell you my heart was so broken, I didn't know what to do. It would not cut back on. I took it to the Apple store and those people told me, no, ma'am, we can't fix this in here. We're going to have to send this off and it's going to be 300 of those dollars. So big speaker was very hurt by that. But <laughs> I have my son's MacBook, which is very slow, making a lot of sounds. And the keys are a little bit crunchy. 
but we making it do what it do this week with what we have. We're doing the best we can with what we got, y'all. All right, enough about the Debbie Downer situation. Let's talk about something positive. This week, I want to highlight yet another nonprofit. And this one is called the Fix Her Crown Foundation. And it is founded by LaShira Escobar. And the Fix Your Crown Foundation is a nonprofit organization that provides life skills, development, and mentorship opportunities while creating a safe space for girls, teens, and women to thrive in the real world. The foundation hosts meetings to empower young women to believe in themselves while following their dreams. And they offer transitional housing for young women and their families to recover from life obstacles while providing resources for life essentials such as child, child care support, educational needs, food, and shelter. To learn more about this wonderful organization and hopefully to support them, you can go to fixhercrownde.org. All right, so the reason you're really here, let's go ahead and get this show started. I'm so excited to welcome my guest, uh, Marak Hicks. She actually popped in on episode two of the Hilariously Unemployed in the audience, just like one of you all. And she was brave enough to raise her hand and come on and talk to my guest at the time. And she shared a little bit about her unemployment journey. And it was such a profound story um, that I reached back out to her and asked, hey, are you still Hilariously Unemployed? Unfortunately, the answer was yes, y'all. Um, and I wanted to make sure that she got a chance to be a guest on this show because she deserves to be working in somebody's organization. She is truly an amazing talent. Please go to her page, look at her LinkedIn, look at her skill set, and she deserves to be highlighted and employed. So just a little bit about her. She has over 10 years of experience in HR and recruiting, and she was most recently an SVP of People, Talent, and DEI before she became hilariously unemployed. All right, audience, do me a favor and use those reaction emojis to welcome my guest to the show, Marat. Tell the hilarious hello. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the show, my girl. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How you feeling? You warmed up? You ready to go? You ready for this? I'm warmed up and ready to go, and I'm hoping that my dogs behave. So let's just see y'all. Y'all gonna hear some barking. I'm sorry. Well, mine was just barking. So usually, what happens if I'm on with a guest and my dog barks and their dog barks? So we'll see what happens. This is like it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So first things first. How long have you been hilariously unemployed? So D-Day for me was February 28th of so March, April, May, June, July, August. We pushing eight months since change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yikes. Your well, expiration date was February the 28th. That's yeah. a long time. Um, audience, if you're new here, my expiration date was June the 30th. Uh, so hearing that yours was so long ago and just knowing, you know, kind of some of the things that I've gone through just since June 30th, I know there have been many challenges that you have faced. 1000%. Mm -hmm. So before we even get into all of that, as my dog barks, um, how are you feeling right now? How is your spirit? Today is a good day. So my spirit is in a good spot and I'm feeling thankful and hopeful um, and keeping my head on straight today. So it's a good day today. Awesome. Thank you so much for just letting me check in with you that way. All right. So could you share your experience leading up to your expiration date of February the 28th 
And what led to you being a part of not the first, not the second, but the third round of layoffs at your organization? Sure. So, um, so prior to my layoff, there were two other rounds of layoffs that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actively needed to be hands on deck, kind of facilitating people through those transitions for those rounds, um, which is never fun. Uh, it wasn't a part of my job that I enjoyed, but mm-hmm. was a part of my job. So that's what happened. It was two rounds of layoffs. And then my manager very kindly gave me about um, 30 days notice to let me know that there would be a third round and that I would be impacted. Okay, um, hold on, hold so, on, hold on. Go back to the two rounds of layoffs. What was your role yeah. in those first two rounds? Were you involved in sharing that information with others? So um, first two rounds, I was responsible for um, kind of managing the process, mm-hmm. making sure what D-Day looks like, what all of the communications would look like for D-Day, um, making sure that all of the severance packages were coordinated appropriately. I had to coordinate all of the information, all of the communications. Um, I needed to coordinate the schedule for those meetings mm-hmm. and disseminating the information. I also needed to coordinate the people who were not being impacted, give them getting information about when they would be staying, that everything would be fine, making sure schedules for all hands were done correctly. Um, and then also actively being a part of the conversations with the leadership team and the executive leadership team, just around why we were doing this, making sure that that information was communicated appropriately. I had more time to work on communications for round one. Mm-hmm. Round two, I had less time. I probably, if round one, we had a month to get everything together and get all the documents corrected and make sure all the packages were right and all of the things were ready to be sent out. Round two, I probably had two weeks. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Round two, I had six days. <laughs> all of that same process, all of that same information, um, just to make sure that people knew what was going on. We had it flowed out in waterfalls. So that meant that while people were being informed that they were getting laid off, other people were being informed that they were not. Mm. Um and making sure that people showed up for the calls, that they knew that they were free to talk, um, and what questions we were allowed to answer, making sure managers knew what they could answer, what they couldn't answer, mm-hmm. um, making sure there were slip-ups in how severance was communicated, because um, we had a snap through the first round around severance. And so, um, you know, just trying to make sure people felt as supported as they could. Mm-hmm. And then... Following the rounds, I was actively on the phone with the insurance companies, actively on the phone with Cobra, making sure people got the correct information. Mm-hmm. Our Cobra provider had a very interesting experience where um, their system crashed maybe two days after the layoff. So wow. everything was significantly behind for people with Cobra. And we had women who were pregnant who were being laid off. And so I'm on the phone hollering at the Cobra provider, like she's having a baby. Yeah. Help. Um, So it's, it's not easy and it's not fun. And I think one of the common misconceptions when layoffs are happening is I don't choose people, right. I'm not actively like, let's lay up 20 people. I get a list. um, And my responsibility with that list is to make sure that, uh, that we're being cognizant of trends, we're being cognizant of diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be a situation where we're just laying off all the black people in one yeah. round, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. being cognizant of that, um, or all of the brown people. You know, we just want to make sure that we're being as cognizant of that as possible when we're doing that. Mm-hmm. 
But beyond that, I don't pick the names, right? Um, and then we also had to deal with the blowback. And I think one of the interesting things about being in my seat was the blowback was coming to me, even though the decision wasn't mine. Right. Um, so we had to be, I had to be incredibly empathetic. My team had to be incredibly empathetic to individuals who were not so nice to me. You know, <laughs> um, I've, I've had someone tell me I was the devil. Oh, uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was a punch to the gut. I was like, bro, I didn't, I'm not, this is not my fault. Right. right. I'm just trying to help. Um, but uh, yeah, we've had to deal with the not so nice and the nice and the somewhere in between the professional. Um, and it all comes directed at HR. I think people um, see the HR team as a place where they can kind of drop those frustrations when they're yeah. being laid off. And I'm happy to like walk you through. I'm always available. I answer phone calls. I give people my cell phone number. I do the best that I can. Um, but respectfully and honestly, it's not my fault. I'm sorry. I found out just a smidge before you found out. Yeah. Um, y'all get a lot of yeah. smoke on that HR side. A lot of smoke. I want to talk about Cobra a little bit later in our conversation. I'm glad you brought that up because child, anyway. Um, but let's tell my audience what industry you were in and what your organization did. So they have a little bit of background on what industry was impacted this way. Sure thing. Sure thing. So I work in a startup organization or worked at a startup organization and they were in the health tech space. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a former employees in here. Hey y'all, I see you. Um, (laughs) but that's essentially what the company did. They were a health tech company focused on supporting individuals with diabetes, um, Mm -hmm. living with diabetes. Then we were expanding into other focus areas like oncology and women's health um, prior to to the first round of layoffs. Okay. So uh, another startup. We've been hearing about startups. Y'all know I'm going to start up. Startups not keeping it started, (laughs) y'all. So the startups are having some challenges. And again, it was in the tech industry. So not only was it a startup, but in the tech industry. And we know that there have been massive amounts of tech layoffs um, recently. So just so you have some background there. How many people were in the organization, Marat? First round, we were like knocking on 200 stores. We might have been like 197, Mm -hmm. somewhere close in there. Um, And then... First round brought us down to just under 100. I think I want to say like 75. Wow. Second that round, was a deep cut that first round. It was a deep cut. And I, I the first round, I could like wrap my head around, right? It mm-hmm. was an organization. The structure and the focus of the company changed. All right. I can kind of get my head around that. The second round was to extend runway. Mm-hmm. And I think we went from around 75 to maybe like 50 something. Okay. And then me in third round um which was also interesting because i had to basically facilitate my own layoff um was um there was probably about i think they're around 25 ish now wow huge cuts cuts. barely started okay that was that was a huge cut okay so let's talk about your situation and how you were provided the news of your layoff and then how you had to basically transition yourself out of the organization I mean it's hilarious but it's not yeah so um so the CEO I reported to the CEO he gave me a heads up about a month before he Mm -hmm. said hey uh it's February 1st we're gonna do another round you're going to be impacted. I said, well, okay, what do you need me to do? Um, and he said, well, we need you to do the other stuff because we need to make sure that we're planning for the rest of the people who are going to be impacted as well. Um, and so 
up until the day, actually it was the day after, you know, my layoff, I was kind of boots on the ground, just trying to make sure that everything that I could cover as much as I could cover could be covered. Um, because when I was laid off, the entire people team, the entire people function was being laid off. Um, so in addition to making sure that the people who were being laid off with me were covered, I also wanted to make sure that I was setting up everyone for success who would be leaving. And while facilitating my layoff, I was also in the middle of an open enrollment period for the rest of the company. So it was a fun time. Um, what? Lots of, yeah, lots of hours. Uh, and <laughs> making sure people got their health insurance, um, which was cute because, well, it's not cute, but it was fun because of COBRA. Um, we needed to make sure that we, the people would have the same plans that they had elected for the open enrollment period, not knowing that they would be getting laid off until the day of, the day before, a few days before or after. Um, so we really needed to do a bunch of extra work to make sure that everybody would be covered, people's insurance wouldn't lapse, um, that all of the information was correct, that all of the systems were updated. Mm-hmm. Um, because once I left, it was me and one other person on my team. Once we both left, there was no other HR person. HR went back to the CEO. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, yeah. stop, pause. You gave sure. me a stop. lot right there. What, <laughs> what, wait a minute. So how are you even processing the fact that you are not going to have a job because you are doing literally everything for everybody to make sure that they are good, either staying in their job, losing their job, or trying to elect health insurance? Sis, where were your feelings and emotions and how are you waking up each day and thriving? Um... So I'm going to be honest, I'm actually really bad. I think everything hit me um, probably like March 15th. Wow. And so what happened is I was like, okay, I'm, um, you know, I'm getting laid off. I used the last of my commuter benefits, booked the train ticket to Atlanta to go see my goddaughter and my aunt and hey. family members. Mm-hmm. And I was like, might as well use these dollars while I can. Yes, so I ma'am. booked that train ticket. I spent about two weeks in Atlanta. It was great. Had a good, had a good time. Ate lots of really great food. Got back home, drove home, came home, recleaned my house and tried to get some things in order. And then I woke up on a Wednesday and was like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Um, and my boyfriend was looking at me like, why are you, what's the matter with you? And I was like, I don't know. And I broke down and started crying. And he was like, okay, you're fine. <laughs> so he's like, you, you want me to go to the store and go get you with cookies from insomnia? You want some ice cream? What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I think it didn't hit me until later because generally as a person, my goal is to make sure that everyone else is taken care of first. I'm the, per- I'm the firstborn. I'm the older sister. Mm-hmm. So I'm always very used to taking care of other people first. Right. Um, so I literally, that's how I managed my emotions and myself through my transition was making sure the people were fine. Right. Um, yeah. But you know what they then, say on the plane, you got to put your own mask on first before you can assist others. I'd have been dead because the mask wasn't on. Um, so I like had to, had to figure out how to work through that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I managed and what I did. Well, my dog has decided to enter the chat. So if y'all can hear him, apologies in advance for his unprofessional behavior. He does not want me to be a famous podcaster as he is probably harassing yet another Amazon delivery person. Anyway, Maroc, you, so you decided that the way through it was action and action that would support everyone else outside of yourself. 
And then two weeks later, you have this breakdown because now it's hit you. Now it's kind of set in and you're realizing I don't have employment. Okay. So that's, that's the day you break down. Like, how do you get yourself back together for the next day? Um, I gave myself the time to do whatever I needed. So I needed a day or two to grieve. I needed a day or two to be sad. I needed a day or two to figure out things. I did not immediately jump into my resume. I did not want to, um, I gave myself the day to do absolutely nothing. So I spent the day, you know, my boyfriend was good on his promise of ice cream and insomnia <laughs> cookies. And, um, so I ate things I had no business eating, lots mm-hmm. of chocolate, lots mm-hmm. of fried stuff. Mm-hmm. watched some movies, gave myself a minute to kind of come to myself. And then um, the next day it was like, all right, I, I don't have very much more time to sit in this space. So I got to do something. Um, so I started uh, updating my own resume. And then my mom is a beast. My mother is um, an author and a writer and all of these other things. And uh, one thing that we do together every once in a while is she knows someone who's looking for resume help. And what that essentially means is they pay her to do the resume and then she sends it to me and then she kicks me a couple dollars to the side. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I really could be doing it myself. Um, so <laughs> what I did was, oh, oh, wait a minute. Another dog has entered the chat, child. Yes, I see now. Okay. Um, but um, so my mom was like sending me people who needed updated resumes and I, you know, trying to pick that up as a side gig to help. Mm-hmm. Second thing I needed to do was go knock on unemployment store, um, which was fun um it was it was an experience um and then i you know a lot of people have been i'm connected to have been absolutely great they jumped in they sent emails they were asking if they can refer me to places if Mm -hmm. there was anything that they can do to help me um during the time which i really appreciated and so i did a lot of that um i really just tried to spend the time figuring out what i was doing next i think at that time um I did not expect to be in this position for this long. I yeah. think when I was laid off, I thought I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'll probably have something in like 30 days, 60 max. Yeah. Uh, you know, but that's not what happened. I think what became, and then I also had to stay off LinkedIn. I think what I learned was mm-hmm. like, LinkedIn every once in a while, don't spend all of my days here just because it felt like across the market, I was just watching all of these other companies, all of these HR leaders, people that I knew, people I've interviewed with, I've interviewed, I've had a connection with at some point in the past or didn't know at all, all in my world, in my fields, were getting laid off like five. And it, it felt like every day was a new number. It was like Facebook. Yeah, people, yeah. People. And then it just felt like, okay, so I'm just never going to get a job. Um, so I had to back off of LinkedIn for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, give myself a chance to kind of get my bearings. Um, and then started to hit the ground running in terms of trying to see if I could find another client. Um, but with the market being what it was, that in itself was difficult because startups weren't looking for HR support at that time or in that capacity. Um, and, you know, the the unfortunate thing is people see SVP on your resume. They're like, mm, we don't have the money for you, right? Yeah. Um, like, money's fine. We can work money out. Just like... <laughs> Let me let me know. Um, you know, so I think yeah, that's it's been an interesting time. It definitely has been. Yeah, it has definitely been an interesting time for you. And like I said, you're my my guest that's had the longest time of unemployment. 
And I want to go ahead and dive into this mess that is the unemployment system out there in Pennsylvania, where you are. Can you please share with my audience what it's been like for you to navigate that system and how long it took for you to finally get paid? Sure. So unemployment here in PA is different than in other states. Um, Part of my problem with unemployment here is that my last job title was Senior Vice President of People, Talent, and DEI. Because I had a Senior Vice President title, they considered myself a corporate, they considered me a corporate officer, Mm. um, making me an owner of the company based off of my title alone. Wow. Which was not the case which is what not happen, what didn't happen, wasn't the case. Um, and so I was kind of fighting it with an appeal. In PA, we don't have an unemployment office that you can just go drop by and speak to a person. Mm-hmm. And if you call the unemployment number, it is almost impossible for you to get through. Um, so much so that they tell you that you should try to reach out via email or something of that nature because getting a person on the phone is so difficult. They do not have enough hands on deck. Um I have never wanted to jump in and like re-operationalize a business in my entire <laughs> life as much as we wanted to for unemployment. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. How many people are, there's so many people, be, I'm, I just watched Facebook lay off 10,000 people. You mean to tell me unemployment don't got it together? Um, <laughs> it's been a running joke with my family. Like they get their money on the top, but I have to wait eight months to get mine. Facts. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, um, so what I had to do was I had to follow my initial um, filing for unemployment. I had to appeal. That took them three months to get back to me on the appeal. Wow. Nothing back in that three month time frame. Um, I literally called my mother in tears and my mother was like, okay, okay, let's call your local um, city council person. We called the local city council office. City council was like, well, we don't want employment, call the senator. So I had to call the state senator's office speak to someone at the state senator's office to have them call someone at the unemployment office directly to figure out what was going on with my case. And then after that happened, I got a letter in the mail and an email, which up until this point wasn't responded to. I didn't hear anything from anybody. Um, I got an email that I needed to be present for an in-person appeal for my unemployment. So I'm grabbing documents to prove that I'm not a cor- I'm not a I'm not an owner, right? I, I so that's not what I was. I wasn't a corporate officer. That wasn't even a part of my offer. So I'm pulling documents or whatever the case may be. I get to the hearing. Um, had to sit in this hearing with a person, the the, the counsel who was holding the hearing, um, and had to explain. Hey, listen, I worked at a startup organization. My job title was senior vice president. Uh, but I wasn't a corporate officer. Here is the offer letter for a corporate officer. I'm t- I have this. I don't know if I'm allowed to give you this because I did sign an NDA, but I have this. If you want to look at it, but then you got to give it back to me. Um, and he laughed at me about that. He was like, you're fine. And he said, essentially, the way Pennsylvania looks at corporate officers is there are two different types of VP levels. One is at JP Morgan Chase or at a company like mine where you have a title and you make one hundred and fifty thousand to somewhere between one fifty to two fifty or something like that, mm-hmm. and that's one guy that is not a corporate officer like me. Mm-hmm. And then there are other VPs, SVPs who own stakes in the company, and they're making a hundred thousand or sorry, a million or one point two million. And they have yeah. ginormous businesses. 
and that's not me. And I was like, well, if you know how to get me in that track, please let me know. Right. But, that's different. Um, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm trying to go. But mm-hmm. no, I, I don't own any portion of this company. And finally, um, they, they circle back with me. I want to say two to three months later, two to three weeks later, excuse me, and said, okay, you know, we approved you. And then I still needed to get in touch with someone because there was an error. And this entire time I was blogging in and signing on and doing all of the steps and answering all the questions that don't necessarily make any sense. Correct. Um, so I want to say if I filed for unemployment in March, I didn't get my first unemployment check until about the middle to the end of August. Now that's crazy. Mm-hmm. How? Okay. You know who needs <laughs> to be hiring? The unemployment offices of America. Okay. Do you need help? You need somebody to man the phones because we can talk to the people and answer the questions. We can we can administer the the paperwork. What whatever y'all need going on over there? Because like the the phones, I don't even know where that phone number goes to because it's just, no one answers that. No one answers it. It just it just it gives busy signal. It's you probably even... in an office by itself and just rings. <laughs> It's like the process is so defeating and to have to wait from March until August to get your first piece of paycheck because we know it's not no, it's not crazy funds, y'all. No, it's not. All right. You are really like begging for this. You had to call down to the city council and the, the state senate. Child, that's that's too much. That's too much on a person who is already in a situation that they don't want to be in to have to go through. So it's really just compounded stress. Like, I don't have a job. Now I got to fight y'all to get a little piece of a check. You know, and I, I what I can say is when I was employed and we did those rounds of layoffs, if anybody had an issue with unemployment, they if they called me and told me I'm having an issue, mm-hmm. I would just call the unemployment because businesses and companies have a different number mm-hmm. than me. So I would call and be like, what do we need? What do you, what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. How do we get this taken so that they're taking care of? What do you need from me? Yeah. And I've done that a number of different times, but when there's no more HR, that's not a courtesy that can happen. Right. And I couldn't call on behalf of myself. Um, so Girl, I would have called. You know. I would say, uh <laughs> Secret number people. Secret number people. Have you heard of this employee? She's having these issues now. I, I don't know this employee very well, but from what she has shared with me, she hasn't gotten paid with y'all. So how can we make this a thing? <laughs> That is insanity. Like the process is just so mind numbing. And like you said, the questions are infuriating. Like the questions. It's like, were you able and uh, were you able and available to work this week? Yes. And last week. And and the week before that. And the week before that. That's true. Thanks. Making me feel worse. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, it's a unemployment is an interesting beast. Um, mm -hmm, yep. Okay. Let's go back a little bit about how you even arrived into the company that you were in. I know you shared with me that you started consulting and tell my audience a little bit how you maybe prefer going forward to be in that consulting role, unless the paper is right. And of course, full time. Um, Sure. So I was in a position mostly focusing on um, recruiting and I left that position with that company. 
um, that shall remain nameless. And I transitioned as I was leaving the company, I decided I wanted to do this work for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I began hitting the pavement and reaching out to CEOs to see if they needed any sort of support. Um, I got to work with my last company or that company that I worked with, um, got the opportunity to work with a, um, PR and advertising agency. I worked with a couple of schools. I've worked with a couple of different types of companies, helping them with HR recruiting or operations. Um, and then I enjoyed that. I think consulting is a lot of fun. I think it's fun because, um, you get the opportunity to get the inside scoop of what's going on at a business and how things are working with that particular business without having to be employed or attached to the business in the same way. Um, So you get all of your learnings and your findings early. And then after you get your learnings and your findings, you can really make a a cognizant decision about whether or not you want to join a company. with my with that particular company that I was working with, where I joined them after consulting, you know, we were dating, and you know, after a while, they were like, "Let's get married," and mm. I was like, "You sure? You, you sure you want to get married? I think I like to date. You know, this is working." Girl, out. that sounds like all of my boyfriends. It's like, let's just hang out, relax. <laughs> what time? Um, but. I did fall in love with the team and the people and all of the people that I was working with. And I just thought it was an incredible organization. And so I said, fine, I'll, I'll put up, you know, I'll put my single life on the hook and mm-hmm. join this company full time. I think uh, I'm glad that I did. I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I enjoy consulting a little bit more. I think I realized about myself personally one of the things that is really important to me is as companies start to scale, I like to be a part of the scale and the systems and the process and the building. Once we get to 500, 1,000, 2,000 people where I don't know who anyone is anymore and yeah. I don't know anyone's name, I, I, I lose the passion, um, I, you know, and I, I don't find joy and love in managing a 50-person team. That's just not something that I find enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've learned that though the startup market's a little shaky, I kind of like it. Um, And I learned that I like consulting. I like being able to work with CEOs and leaders on the same level. I think the dynamics change from being two CEOs working on a project or a problem together. When you come internally, you become the subordinate. Yeah. and I've seen the positives and the negative sides of that relationship. And so I kind of like to be the eye to eye kind of thing. I think I think that's a little bit better for me personally. I definitely have to say, I also like, as you have expressed, the dating of it all, um, both with my boyfriends and also with my business. I don't think I want to be tied down to anything. I like the fact that I'm interacting with so many different companies. And I'm able to support them in their unique needs. It's not one company who has this track, who has this five-year business plan or what it is that they want. And I'm there to see it all through. I'm popping in to help people in the spaces that they need help right now when it comes to my consulting. And I really enjoy that. I don't know if it's because I like to be a fixer and problem solve so much. But it honestly has been a great thing for myself. Not saying I wouldn't take a full-time job with benefits and flexible vacation and health insurance and maybe even a company Tesla. But 
I will say I enjoy the freedom of just being able to hang out with whichever one of these companies I want to, child. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, and it's you know, like it's not that you know you can find some the marketplaces working. You know, you can find your own benefits and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I like the dating. The dating is a little bit more fun, and it also just gives you um, if it's a different power to have mm-hmm. understanding that something is not working, you can just walk. There doesn't need to be an extensive yeah. next. It's like, hey, listen, our contract says I need to give you a month's notice. This is your month's notice. And, you know, it's been great, but I- I'm going to walk. I think that there's something really empowering about being in that position. Yeah. You take a lot less mess. For sure. And it's just a lot easier to move on. Like myself and you, we're getting laid off from an organization that we have poured so much into and gave all of our passions. When you sign on as a consultant, you know, hey, this might be a short term thing. I might not be here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. Let's let's rock it out. So I think some of those feelings and some of those emotions are not placed on that relationship. And then you have so many other relationships that you're also invested in. So the feelings and the emotions are all spread out. And then you know that there's going to be another one and another one and another one. So you really don't get tied into it. Now let's go back and talk about Cobra. Why is it so high? Lord have mercy. Oh my gosh. So I think there are a couple of different things that people misunderstand about Cobra. Mm -hmm. And what I can say is when we were laying off folks, we did cover the premiums for their Cobra for three months if they were not expecting or did not recently have a child and okay. six months if they were expecting or did or were expecting um, or had recently had a child. Okay. Um, all of my dogs are under my feet. So if you hear barking, I apologize in advance. Um, but it's 100% of the premium. So it's the premium at a slightly more expensive cost. Mm-hmm. And you, as the person on Cobra, are covering the 100% of your premium. Yeah. So... What people don't understand is when they're like, oh, I get Cobra. Cobra is more expensive than mm-hmm. it would be if you worked your job mm-hmm. and you were getting benefits through your job. Um, it's a common misconception. People think that they're, it's the same benefits plan, right? But you're yeah. playing your employer's portion and your portion. And by law, they have to offer it to you. Um, so they do offer it to you. It's just not, it's not cheaper, um, and most times I just recommend or I explain to people, you know, it might be just beneficial for you to go to the marketplace. Yeah, it's not even when you see yeah. the numbers for most people, it is not even feasible to think I am going to be paying you all thousands of dollars for this health benefit. Um, right. And I no longer have a job, but the, I'm going to give you all of my money to have this health care. And people have to choose. They have to choose between the fact that I want to keep my current provider, my current system, my current health care, um, and pay all of this money and be completely broke. Or I'm not. And I'm just going to thug it out. And maybe I'll enter the marketplace. Or maybe if I break something, I'll just go to urgent care. Um, go to it, urgent care or yeah. not to the emergency room. Worry about that bill later. Yeah. Uh, there are different options. I think healthcare in this country is trash. You will. Um, you said. I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. um, that, that's the people don't realize how much companies spend on their health care. Right. Because they only see their two, three, four hundred, five hundred dollar contribution coming out of their paychecks. They don't realize that each person could be caught. Co- it could cost the company for each person 
$2,000, $3,000, maybe more, maybe less. It really is dependent on the types of plans that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why that's why COBRA is not fun. And in addition to it not being fun, um, not every COBRA provider is a good COBRA pro- provider. Mm-hmm. So our company, who shall remain nameless, but there are a few people on this call who know, was a hot mess, you know. They, I just, I thought it was very. Um, for those of you who've seen The Wizard of Oz, it was very. We get in at twelve, start to work at one, take an hour for lunch, and then at two we done. Hmm. Um, <laughs> they didn't start taking phone calls until like one in the afternoon, and we were like, "Oh, okay, you you don't take phone calls for support until one in the afternoon. Wow, right, fantastic." Um, <laughs> that paperwork we sent over, and we did a lot of work, like sending over lists to the COBRA provider ahead of time so they could kick it off the day the person left, even though they had up to 30 days mm-hmm. and we leveraged, like we have a benefits partner, our benefits partner was Sequoia. Mm-hmm. I think I just saw one of the Sequoia reps I worked with on the call, but um, we worked with them. We were trying to get that to be so efficient so people didn't have lapses. COBRA didn't care. COBRA took their sweet time. They got up in the morning, had their breakfast and lunch, <laughs> and then came off the... Um, and sat down and said, hmm, what do we have to do today? Answered two emails and then stopped, right? So they just literally made it the worst possible process on the back end when I was leaving, while I was still there. So I pretty much was like, all right, just can't get sick. So we're just going to keep all yeah. of the vitamin D, all of the elderberry on deck, mm-hmm. and we're going to power through until Cobra figures this out because it's a hot mess, and it was a mess when I was in it was in house too. So yeah, yeah, man, uh, take your vitamins, mm-hmm. take your vitamins because it, it is a challenge. All right, y'all, this is the part of the show where you can raise your hand and come on up to the stage. I uh, should ask you in the audience if you like to come up and talk about kind of what's next for you and Maruk. Would love to invite you to do that. Anybody else who wants to join in and be a part of the live show, ask any questions, share any feedback, um, this is your time to do that. And while you all start to raise your hands, Maruk, so I know that you expressed that you still really love to help people even when you were not really in a great situation. Can you give my audience of hilarious, those who are actually hilariously unemployed, or those who just need some insight, some tips, some tricks, some thoughtful um, information in regards to how they can navigate their unemployment process? I mean, you are a people person, so you should know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so first thing I would say is build time for yourself. Yes. Um, don't be like me. Be better than me. Mm-hmm. And take the time out to give yourself breaks throughout your search process. Um, because it can get overwhelming. It can become upsetting um, as you're getting the rejection messages. Not everybody is sending rejection messages. You sent the application mm. in three months ago. You still haven't heard back, right? Um, give yourself give yourself some grace in the time uh, and during the time. I think everything has a season. It is a season. It will pass. This too shall pass. Um, so give yourself grace in the season would be the first thing I say. Um, the second thing I say is, uh, I do a lot of work with people on resume help and resume development. I think your resume is really important. I think one of the things that I've noticed is that people don't do the best job Mm -hmm. at selling themselves and selling the work that they do. I think people often have a challenge or find it a challenge to talk about who they are and how great they are. Um, especially people of color. So Mm -hmm. I would say take some time to 
really be intentional about your resume development um, and make sure that your resume actually does sells or does the showcases the best part of your work and the things that you do. That would be the second thing I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing is um, I think it's really important for you to take some time after being laid off to figure out what you actually want to do next. Yeah, I think I took a little bit too long to do that for myself just because I was lost in the what, what happens next mm-hmm. space. I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Um, so now I'm like developing some ideas and I'm actually putting feet on the ground to get those things off the ground, which I'm excited about and can talk more about later. But, um, that's kind of the top three things is kind of give yourself grace, make sure that your resume reflects who you are and what you bring to the table and develop your plan, figure out what's next for you. Absolutely. That is great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and my audience. Is it Kelsey? We've welcomed you to the stage. You can click unmute to join us. And if anybody else would like to come on stage, just raise your hand and we'll get you up there. Kelsey? Yeah. So my name is Kels. Um, I'm actually a client of Marox. I'm just here to talk her up because uh, I've done some amazing things, but I really am like um, Marox said, I'm too humble about it. Um, she was real honest about like the the things I've done and the things that I need to like I need to put out there. And she wrote like the best um, professional um, uh, resume, and in particular the cover letter. She captured like the she captured my professional part of me, but then like also the personal because I I sort of didn't want to have like oh these are my achievements and um and just that be part and so she really was able to highlight my personality too um so yeah no (laughs) uh thank you Marak but oh wow my goodness Thank you. <laughs> that is um that is an amazing advertisement. Thank you so much for coming onto the stage and talking this amazing woman up. I'm happy that she's been able to support you and really help you highlight the amazing things that you've been that you've done um and how she's really contributed to that success. So thank you so much. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to toot our own horn, but look out for people who will toot it for you. I appreciate you for doing that for Marat. Any other questions, go ahead and raise your hand and we will get you all onto the stage. Questions, comments, concerns. Marat. So I want you to tell the people what your ideal next role would be and also where they can find you, where they can connect with you if they need resume support or if they have their job offer. Yeah. So um, next role, I think I'm looking for any businesses that need support with HR recruiting. I'm looking to do this fractional consulting thing. I think it works best. Mm-hmm. Um so ideally, if someone needs additional support with getting an HR project across the finish line, or if there's a CEO who does not have any HR person on staff at all, and all of these things are happening in the world today, there's so many changes happening, and they just need someone to be boots on the ground, I'm happy to be that person. I think that that's the ideal space. Um, if it's a full-time job, I would be looking more so for like a VP or um, a VP of HR or even a director level, but mm-hmm. it would have to be at a smaller company. Yeah. Um, again, I'm a startup queen. I kind of love startups. So I think that that's job-wise what I would be looking for. Um, in terms of where else to find me, um, today you can find me on LinkedIn as Marak Hicks. Um, I'm also on 
TikTok and Instagram <laughs> is pages. I do have a business. Uh, my business's name is Miracle Recruiting, and it's because my first name means miracle in French. Um, so you can always find me on miraclerecruiting.com or maroc at miraclerecruiting.com if you need any support with your resume. I do resume and job coaching and trainings. Um, basically, the way that I work with folks who need support with resumes is you pay for the resume and the cover letter. And if you need any additional support, just holler at me. I'm happy to answer any questions um, or anything of that nature. If people need, if they had an interview, they don't understand what the response is from the recruiter. And they said, we'll circle back with you in two weeks. Whatever is clever, you need understanding about the offer letter, what's the benefits package, how does that work, um, did you get a sign-on bonus, should you negotiate for that bonus, mm -hmm. right? I'm happy to answer all of those questions as well. Um, and you can just send me an email or a message, DM me on, on LinkedIn or wherever, and I'm happy to answer that. Uh, I'm also starting a podcast. I recorded my first episode, so it'll be out on Monday, um, and I'll share it here as well, but it's called HR and Leggings. I think I wanted it to be a cozy place for people to feel comfortable and confident and to listen to the crazy things that happen in HR in a comfy way. Um, and then also give candidates some insights on the back end, right? So they can hear the discussions about how HR leaders are thinking. Um, but my goal is for it to be as real as possible. It's not going to be buttoned up. We're not going to be in a suit. I'll be drinking my pink Starbucks drink and have my feet up on my couch. And um, that's that. So, yeah. LinkedIn, my website, um, and that's all the places I can be found. Awesome. Y'all folks heard it here. Maroc can be found at her website via her email and her inbox and her DMs. Look out for her podcast. Maroc, where's your podcast going to be? Is it going to be on podcast platforms or YouTube? It's going to be on all podcast platforms. Awesome. That podcast will be out on Monday. So definitely look forward to that. I love HR and leggings. That is a very catchy title as a person with a very catchy title. I totally approve of this, Maroc. Thank you. All right. If no one else wants to raise their hand and come on up to the stage, let me give you all just a little bit of final big speaker energy. So if you haven't seen it on my socials or anywhere that anybody who listens to this podcast is, we have merch. You can get your Hilariously Unemployed hoodie by clicking the Visit My Store link in my LinkedIn page to get your swag on. I will make sure it gets shipped out to you expeditiously because along with all of my other roles, I have decided to become a shipping depot for whatever reason that is. Maybe I need some HR. I don't know. I'm probably breaking all types of rules. Anyway, I've heard that it's the coziest hoodie you could get this fall, and I'm not making that up. Literally, people have told me that, and some of them have been wearing them for four days straight. No names will be shared here today. Your secret's safe with me, folks. I also just want to say thank you all for showing up continuously. Thank you for continuing to download, subscribe, refer the podcast, leave those five-star reviews. You have really helped this show blossom and grow. I'm so thankful and so grateful that we have created this community. For everybody who is in the audience today, I invite you to connect with myself. I would love to have you as a part of my network. Click on my face and go ahead and click connect. Also connect with my guests and every person that you see here in the audience today. Some of them are first timers and some of them are here regularly. I recommend that you go ahead and connect with everybody that is on this call to start strengthening and building your community. 
And last but certainly not least, y'all, it is Friday. So, you know, that means I got to go do some big speaker things. <laughs> I just want to thank y'all again for joining me. Thank my guests for being so amazing. And y'all, whatever you do, have an amazing weekend. Thank you. Bye.